Episode 177. <laughs> that was Cycling Podcast. That was uh, Mala Vida by uh, Mano Negra. Um, anyway, it's an awesome song and I find myself singing it very often. Um, oh, and actually, I, I do one of their songs in Skull Crusher's hit, Sings the Hits that is now turned into a triple record. It's unbelievable. I'm like nonstop singing and recording and mixing and that's going to be available to our patreons so thank you to the patreons anyway we are the least professional least knowledgeable and least informed podcast ever and we are at speedmiddlecycling.com there you can find the button to donate so we can continue to do this and also links to the patreon so you can help us out and we can continue to do this i am your host dan skull crusher and uh you already heard natalia so i'm gonna say hello to natalia first natalia how are you doing ma'am i'm good you're good that's it yeah I, I i had to think about it i'm kind of down after the worlds you know i don't know yeah me too i'm like looking I'm forward down. to I, i'm looking forward to absolutely nothing anymore in life uh <laughs> also joining us today um a celebrated uh very celebrated and award-winning cycling journalist and photographer my brother klaus klaus how are you doing brother oh i'm doing exactly like mike because i haven't been watching cycling <laughs> good and finally of course all the way from new york city uh right across the street from the headquarters of the hell's angels and just down the street from Iron glass philip glass philip glass they're cousins uh, i know that's why i always get them confused mike spriggs mike how are you doing sir great thank you good to hear mike good to hear all right so in this spirit of full disclosure I, we were talking just a, before we started recording, um, Natalia was telling me that her dog got sprayed, one of her dogs got sprayed by a skunk, and how much that sucks. So uh, I got to tell you guys that I stink right now really badly, because I started like showering at night instead of in the morning, and I was like working all day, and I haven't showered yet, I smell Probably like Django does, except instead of skunk, <laughs> I smell like just disgusting B.O. The scent of a man. That's the pretty scent. <laughs> Yeah, the scent of a man that no woman can resist. Mike, what do you smell like? Do you use any uh, colognes, body sprays? No, I, I bathe in tomato juice every morning. Oh, that's fancy. That's that doesn't fancy. work, Mike. I tried it. Doesn't work. Mike, do you use bar soap or it's gonna work. or gel? Bar soap. Gel. What? Like uh, body wash, like body right? Oh no, no. Yeah. bar soap. What kind of soap? Doctor Bronner's. What else would I use? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Hey, listen. My dermatologist many many years ago told me that uh, at least for my skin, 
the best bar soap to use was Lever 2000, and I have not stopped oh. using it. Really? Is it good? I, I, I it, it leaves my skin feeling refreshed. Not as refreshed as your tomato juice. I'm sure that that's probably way better. Your your skin is very smooth. I'm thinking about yes. it now. Yours, very smooth skin. So maybe I'll try the tomato juice. But let me ask you this: Do you re, do you like replenish the tomato juice every day, or do you just bathe in the same yeah. tomato juice for? A it's a vat that he I just keep at, Yeah, I just keep adding to it. Sometimes oh. it's crushed, crushed tomatoes, <laughs> ketchup. I'm sure the Hell's Angels are going to love that. You know, I saw a Hell's Angel in Spain, a real-life Hell's Angel. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, did you know, speaking of Hell's Angels, you know how they're like in the list of the 10 most dangerous gangs? In the so are the Juggalos. <laughs> I know. The Juggalos are a gang? No. That's like that's like saying Metallica fans are a gang or like fish fans are a gang or like the yeah, parrot heads are a band yeah, what, what? All, but the gathering man the, yeah exactly the look the at the videos happens. of the gathering it's just a bunch of fat girls flashing their boobies and a bunch of dumb dudes smoking weed and drinking cheap beer how is that well, a what gang? about mac i saw the best sign at the juggalo march the was it the million juggalo did i just make that up <laughs> Something like that. i feel like there were a million juggalos there but one of, one of the signs said um dragnets how do they work yes <laughs> oh my god i wonder how many of them did like actually showed up a few thousand I, it depends on who you ask if you ask them a million if you ask trump uh 500 whoop whoop <laughs> i just i mean i'm for once i'm with them like it how can they be possibly considered a gang they say how many did they say they say six million people are signed to their um mailing list right so let's say that out of those six million people three million are actual juggalos and the rest are just like casual fans or people like me that just like making fun of them do they have any? You're gonna say any... three million people? Three million people across the world are a gang? That's the biggest gang in the world. That should be a Guinness was... record. They should register uh, for it. And they're the only gang in the world with their own coin because they have Juggalo coin. Oh, is it like Bitcoin? Bitcoin? Bitcoin, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I uh, my, my wife Morris. Go ahead. My wife's coworker was a Juggalo in college, and was. he was. would was never juggalo. ever. I know, but you would, you never, would never think, like, ever, ever, ever. And I said, I demand proof. And, yeah, I received proof. Yeah, <laughs> it I was know, an early know. webcam picture of him posing with makeup. Oh. oh, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. At least he doesn't have the hatchet man tattoo. Do no, the Juggalos no. have any specific political beliefs besides not understanding sci how science works? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that they don't understand much of anything. They just like drinking, throwing Fago on each other, looking at fat girls' boobies, and um, that's mm. really about it. And listening to horribly terrible music. They wear giant pants. And they wear giant pants. It's, it's funny, though, because what you just said, Klaus, is interesting, that that guy, I actually met him as well. And when your wife told me that he was used to be a juggalo, once a juggalo, always a juggalo, first of all. So he is right. still yeah. He's still a juggalo. But he, like, khakis and a button-down, like, nice 
haircut, minivan yeah, yeah. driving kind of dude. He's like, like a suburban IT guy. Yeah, you would never in a million years know. And that actually sounds like a juggalo demographic. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but I you just wouldn't. Uh, it's hard to explain. You just wouldn't think, but I right. guess they, well, some of them a, graduate. I guess he's a gang member. I guess he's a gang member. I think That's so. Is he from the Midwest? Uh, Mid-Atlantic yeah. region, if you will. All right, yeah. fair enough. He's Close from enough. like outside Pittsburgh, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting the juggalo phenomena. I've always thought it's interesting and very hilarious to look at, but now they're a gang. For the first time, I'm siding with the juggalos. That's absolute bullshit. So <laughs> I hope that they get taken off that list so they can continue to juggle on. <laughs> hey, uh, listen. Before we go any further, I want to apologize because I keep using the word retard and I got called out a couple of times. I've gotten called out by people emailing me. So I'm sorry. I'm trying to get that word out of my lexicon. But it There's a few been... others. I don't know if we should hit a little bell every time you say something objectionable. Uh, yeah, I say pussy a lot when I refer to somebody being weak. Um, and I'm trying to get rid of that one too. I understand the sex the sexist connotations of it. And even though I don't necessarily agree with why people find it offensive, the fact is that some people find it offensive and therefore I should not use it. So I'm trying, I'm working on it, all right? I'm working on it. So I apologize for, for both of those, at least, if not many more, but then again. Also, I got an email from a guy named Jack. So hello, Jack, and thank you for listening. Jack didn't specify where he was from, but he was not American, not an English speaker, or an English speaker, but not a first language. And he thanks us because he says that every episode we expand his knowledge of English. He says he can't always catch the words that we say because we say them really fast. So he has Uh to type a bunch of different things to try to get them, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, we say, like, like Juggalo, for example. We keep saying it. He doesn't know how to spell it. So he's tries turn different spellings until something that makes sense comes up and then he learns a new term so he thinks and he's now that. he's now on a watch list yeah <laughs> it's also he's actually uh, considered a jack is considered a gang right now just type in <laughs> largest gang in the world with one guy in the band who looks a little bit like uh what's his name what's the chef guy on tv the cook guy fieri Fatale? oh guy, guy fieri, fieri. Guy Fieri. Fieri. Um, hold on. Let me let me get some water here. You know what I called water? Mm. Hugo de Tubo. <laughs> um, hey, listen. Um, last weekend, I was honored with uh, an award. It was very touching. The ceremony was... Gorgeous, beautiful. My wife got to walk the red carpet in a beautiful gown, and it was amazing. I got... Um, you got an Emmy? No, Volunteer of the Year Award from Bike Pittsburgh, which is the uh, bike advocacy. Now they're a bike and pedestrian advocacy group here in Pittsburgh, and I was named Volunteer of the Year. There was a red Emmy carpet? <laughs> no, there was no red carpet, and there was no ball gowns. It was at a park. Trophy and- is cool, though. I was wearing shorts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the award itself is actually really cool. And if people follow me on Instagram, they, they already saw the pictures and stuff. But the, um, the, the things that you lock the bikes onto, what do you call those things? Um, whatever. Bike, bike racks. racks. Yeah, bike racks. Thank you very much. Here in Pittsburgh are very unique. Hmm. Um, and it's actually a replica of one of those, like, I don't know, maybe 12 inches tall or so, 13 inches tall. Um, really cool. Made by an... Uh, 
a local artist and everything. So I was one of the volunteers of the year. They had different categories, but in the in the politically it's... incorrect category. Yes, in the I I won that one by a landslide. Actually, they said I was the only entrance. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I, I I I you know I'm famous now, and I'm an, an I'm an I'm an award winner designer because I I actually won the award for a bunch of design work that I've done for them. And then oh, here's another term for Jack. He may not know blue collar as mm. in blue the color and color as in c-o-l-l-a-r as in the color in your shirt mm. so as people that follow me on social media already know actually i don't know no i never made an uh, an announcement on social media other than facebook for my irls but the people that are not IRL. oh there's another one jack irl in real life meaning is that international that actually i don't know might be uh, I don't know, but whatever. Maybe everybody knows what IRL means, but mm. in real life. I didn't know until now. Thank you. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so my IRLs are the people that follow I me I learned Facebook. from Broad City. <laughs> <laughs> As I do with most things that have to do with young people. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I, I put an announcement on my Facebook, and I got, like, hundreds of likes. It's crazy when uh, I put, like... Uh, I don't always post on Facebook when I poop, but I poop every time I post on Facebook or the other way around, whatever. And nobody likes that one, which is hilarious. And then I announce something and everybody. So as of this past week, I'm no longer a graphic designer as a profession. I will continue to do design, of course, probably for the rest of my life. But uh, I quit my job as a designer and I started uh, working for a woodworking company here in Pittsburgh. They do awesome 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 um furniture and whatever and, and stuff so yeah I'm, I'm still considered an apprentice but um but anyway that's how i'm making my living now and one of the guys so we went to pick up some um raw lumber like some actual trees basically from this construction site where they had torn down these two huge trees and whatever anyway we went over there to pick it up and cut it and all this stuff whatever and on our way back uh, one of the guys that I work with was like, man, isn't it funny that we think we're so blue collar because we're like, yeah, we work with wood in a warehouse and we wear dirty t-shirts and we think we're blue collar. And then we go to a construction site and there's actual construction workers and we stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we sure do, especially because my boss was cutting like this huge log with a chainsaw and I'm sitting there with my iPhone taking photos of it <laughs> and all the construction workers around us were looking at us like we were the weirdest freaking people ever plus we were we were wearing like we had to wear hard hats because you know it's a construction site or whatever but we were like wearing the loners that they have so they're like this bright white like brand spanking new <laughs> like the newbie hats hard hat. oh my god God, it was really funny. Like this guy was like, "Yeah, I always think of myself as being like this blue collar. Like I work with my hands." And then you get there, and you're like, "I am nowhere in the neighborhood of those guys. Those guys are tough. We're a bunch of wusses." See, there you go. So yeah, it comes uh, from the anyway. same word, but nevertheless. Really? So what are you supposed to say? We're a bunch of weaklings. Well, it comes from wussy, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. What about a bunch yeah. of pansies? Yeah. Because pansies is a, it's a flower. A flower. Yeah. We're a bunch of pansies. There you go. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, so now I'm officially a woodworker, which, and you have no idea. My body hurts. I, there's muscles that I'm using now that I never knew I even had. It is exhausting physically. And my carpal tunnel came back with a vengeance. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, like I have, my wrists are killing me and my fingers are like going numb at night and stuff. So I'm seeing a, a professional, a professional. I hope he's a professional uh, hand doctor surgeon to see what he recommends. So that's what's going on in my life, fellers. I am using dangerous power tools for a living now. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Anybody else want to share anything that they've been doing in the past week while I get a drink of water? No. Nobody. Mike, fill us in on. What's I got, going I got, I got nothing. I feel the same way Dan does when I pull up in front of the Hell's Angels Clubhouse on my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you're like, man. I thought I was tough. Yeah. My lycra, and I'm not so tough. <laughs> in reality, I'm nothing but a pansy. They don't give you a thumbs up. What gives? No, they do not. <laughs> do you feel like? I think we've said this before. We've made this joke before. But do you feel like Pee Wee Herman when he knocks yes. all those bikes down and? Yeah. I thought I'm super it was paranoid too... of knocking over all the bikes when I walk by. <laughs> two, two wheels good, four wheels bad. No, I feel yeah. I, I feel know. that's how I feel that they don't feel that. Way. Yeah, Unfortunately, on. they don't. Razor scooters. Remember... <laughs> Not that. Different. I remember uh, a post that uh, uh, Klaus you did uh, on your blog years ago about the difference between bikers and cyclists. And the yeah. image on the top was that uh, a still from um, Super Troopers, where they're supposed to meet at a <laughs> yes. bar as bikers. She's dressed like a biker, and he's wearing like full lycra and a helmet. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. So, all right, Natalia, nothing to share other than the fact that your dog got sprayed by a skunk. That was the highlight of my week. That's it. Yeah. And now your house freaks. <laughs> First time that I have to deal with that. So that was, and yeah, especially because fun. it happened in the middle of the night and we didn't have <laughs> the ingredients to make the potion <laughs> to wait <weigh> him. <laughs> so Andrew had to run out to Walmart and get the uh, baking soda. And hey, that same Walmart that where, uh... And then just have to like do it. And then we were giving him a bath like in middle of the night <laughs> there. So it was just... Was it the same uh, the same Walmart that I bought my pants at when I was Yeah, there? yeah, the very yes, same. That Walmart is awesome. <laughs> you know, I haven't worn those pants since that day. Then, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm yeah, sure. I, I'm no, sure you're going to get the chance now that you are. Yeah, old, exactly. Now that I have to wear working. basically this. Yeah, I have to wear disposable clothing. I've made, I made a stack of t-shirts that I really care that much about anymore. And then the ones mm -hmm. that I care about. And then... I'm like, I separated them to separate drawers. So I have my throwaway shorts, my throwaway pants, my throwaway t-shirts, and that's the ones that I wear, obviously, because they're going to get all glue on. Very organized. And uh, no, yeah. maybe, you know, the other highlight that I have is that I'm two sessions away from finishing the Stupid Swift Academy. Ooh. And that's it. Yeah. I'm actually proud that I, that I finished it. It's just insane. It really, really, really gives like a little bit of perspective on the training regime of the pros. Man, that shit is boring. How can <laughs> I was like, wow. And these things, they go, you know, like an hour, an hour and a half. And then I'm thinking, it's like, how can they go for like 
rides like five, six hours mid, like insane. Yeah, it's just no. Not for that me. I, have you not, had you not previously ridden your bike for such long periods of time? No, 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 I'm okay with that. It's just that it's boring. I mean, after one hour, it's like, really? Are we going to do the poop? the little intervals and stuff. Of course you get mm. super tired and I'm guessing that you have to do that longer to build your endurance for racing and get your speed up or whatever it is that you have to do. But I'm pretty sure that they don't do it on a trainer. I'm sure that they go for long rides because you have to be, you have to be able to be sitting on a bike for like five hours yeah, at a I time. Mean, you gotta get those, you gotta get those base miles there. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. I can do, I can uh, do a five well, hour ride as long yeah. as I have somebody to talk to i mean when <laughs> when we rode our bikes on the on the path trail whatever the hell it's called from pittsburgh to dc we did it in five days um and the days were like anywhere between 80 to 110 120 miles whoa cool i'm lazy today um, so yeah that's what you get <laughs> uh, so you know we were doing like pretty long hauls and that's fine if you have somebody to talk to and stuff to look at and whatever on my own i last my when i ride alone i do 15 miles tops so that's like i don't know 45 minutes to an hour depending on how hard i'm trying that's it i just get incredibly bored and i have to turn around and come back weird i i, I get really bored i, I don't like being i don't myself. like riding with other people I don't like writing with my own thoughts because I don't like what I start thinking about and I don't I don't like myself very much. That's that's actually the truth. I've come to I've come to that conclusion after years, years, like ten years, more than ten years of, of, of therapy. I have come to the conclusion that I really do not like myself and that's why I don't like being alone. Natalia, if you want to know about the profile of uh, at least one profile of what makes for a successful professional cyclist, read the uh the Matt Rendell book about Marco Bantani because his psychological okay. evaluations by by specialists who didn't know that he was a professional cyclist are illuminating to say the least. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's well. just astonishing that, you know, I mean, I'll just tell you one thing, like the person says that he enjoys causing himself pain, especially if it leads to others feeling <laughs> even more pain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But under no, what that. other circumstance in life could you cause pain see. to other people while causing pain to yourself? Right. I mean, I can't. I mean, if you're like a sadomasochist or just a masochist, and you cut yourself or whatever, or even like the I mean, the anything. For example, masochist. But I think how, in how his case, it probably presented himself by, for example, extreme drug use and the fact that he enjoyed how it made his parents feel. For example, or something uh, like that. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean wait, the, wait, wait, the psychological where, profile is just astonishing. Were his parents? But were his parents getting high with him? Because how else would they feel anything? <laughs> you know, I don't understand. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, cycling, world championships. Yeah. Uh, obviously enough, I'm a little disappointed. Oh, and our Patreons got a, a little footage there. Uh, I taped uh, my friend Christian and I watching the last K of the race. Um, and if you watched <laughs> it, you realize that the, the only cameras that they had at that moment were just the static cameras. It was just a camera there waiting for the guys to come out. No idea 
what was going on. So then all of a sudden they come out and then I scream a lot and I curse. Anyway, I hope. I can't remember if I curse. Okay. I think I, 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 I drop a couple of F bombs, but nothing nothing too terrible. Uh, but in case you live under a rock, uh, Peter Sagan won his third world championship. And what, what did I say? Uh, you said Peter Sagan was going to win. You said you chose Sagan with your That's head. Right. Everything. Your That's right. Everything. <laughs> you were all out. And if people don't remember, uh, let me see. Natalia picked Sagan and Gaviria with her heart, which was the same thing that Klaus did. And I picked... Uh, Why did you uh, pick Bosenhagen? What led you to believe he could win anything? So obviously Mike wins. I mean, he's had a yeah. better season than the last few years. but <sighs> Because he has... Because he, when he's in Norway, he wins. It's just the way that it, I mean, yeah, his percentage. Are you talking too, about like the tour of Norway where Norway is he like hardly has competition? Like 95% or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thor Hushov was there. side watching. Well, not really in many years, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of felt a little like he was. Well, he got, he got dropped. Uh, not super, not as early as Quintana did. What the hell was Quintana doing there? I think he was washing Gaviria's shorts. That's why they sent him there. I Let's... think that it was, this was again a move from the Colombian Federation to oh, get Nairo to wear the national uniform and get the sponsors some pictures with Nairo wearing the Postobon and the Avianca thing on himself. That's, I, I there is no other reason why Nairo was there. And this year, he didn't have an excuse to say, look, I'm just not, no, like I'm not, I'm not up for it. So, yep. Yeah, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Peter Sagan won the men's um, road race and uh, Chantal Black won the women's. Um, was that a surprise, Natalia? Was she a surprise winner? Or is she one of the ones that were like, yeah, you know, she could have won. Like, if like, Christoph would have won or something like that. It would have been like, oh, all right, I can see that. Yeah, no, because she was part of the Dodge team. So everyone knew that the Dodge team had the best chances of winning the whole race. And they have a strong team, so you could see that any of them could have won it. However, the strong favorites from that group were Annemiek van Vleuten and Anna van der Breggen. Those two were the ones that everyone was thinking is between them two. The yeah. Netherlands, they usually work really, really good as a team. That is one characteristic of the women's team. They they are really in the position that they truly sacrifice for each other. As you saw that they they actually like raised those final kilometers as a team. And it was funny to hear some of the interviews after the race was over because some other uh, people, they were waiting to see if Annemiek and Anna were actually going to let Chantal <laughs> get away you know like at some point they were thinking they want these two so maybe they are going to start working to you know like catch her but yeah no they, they didn't do that so that was that was that was like one of the things to see i think chantal was truly surprised at the end because she yeah. okay. crashed at the beginning and she's usually more in the role of a domestic she's super talented so i was happy with uh, with her win because she's usually working for other people she get she gets chances, but it's seldom in the bigger, bigger, bigger racers. So that's that's cool. That's cool. So it's, it's always nice when you see one of these 
super workers winning important stuff like national yeah. championships and so world championships. Mike, he's a worthy winner. I was happy with that, with that result. And the freaking Dutch team is just, <laughs> they are all strong and they work together really good. So they're kind of invincible. Mike had picked uh, Corinne Rivera to win. I had picked mm -hmm. Annemiek van Vleuten, Klaus, Marianne Vos, and Natalia originally said Van der Breggen and then changed it to Chase that. Yeah. Yeah, because, to that yeah. Polish girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did pretty well, didn't she? Didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was trying to attack at the at the last in the last part she was the one making that final selection that yeah. got yeah, away. It was a good it was a good race. It was I did not Well, the last the last part. The other thing, sorry, the other thing that I have to say is that they decided to extend the amount of kilometers, so this was the longest world championship race for women's in I don't for women in I don't remember how long I think so they put it was close to 150 160 kilometers and uh, I was just thinking you know what shorter races had worked in the past for women they are because they are short they are more explosive to watch they are super aggressive this time because of that added you know, like kilometers, maybe they weren't as aggressive as before. They were riding fast because every lap, you know, like riders were getting dropped and <laughs> getting, you know, like taken out of the, out of the course. But it wasn't, I keep thinking like people say that, wow, well, there's restriction in the number of kilometers that, that women can do. And of course I resent that, but I do really think that just keeping shorter uh, distances is the way of going. I mean, that's, in terms of spectacle, yeah, I mean, that that has worked in the past. What's the need for? Yeah, I'm I mean, sure that women can do it, but it's just going to be like yeah. boring then. So just just keep it it's short. The same it's thing fine. for men. The same thing for men. We said it a mm. bunch of times. I think that shorter stages end up just being a lot better, a lot more explosive, a lot more competitive, and a lot crazier. So, um, yep. so you guys heard about this U23 controversy? That I was thinking about it. Okay, so let mm -hmm. me explain to the listeners what the yeah. problem is or what the deal is. The, the the guys, the two guys that came in first and second, uh, both are in uh, in first division teams. Um, so, uh, what's their name? Um, shoot, I forgot what the guy's name is. Um, that French guy that won. It starts with a C, the last name, but I don't remember the rest. Yeah, um, Benoit Consefroy. Mm -hmm. He races for AG2R. And Leonard Kamna uh, races Sunweb? for Sunweb, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the third guy is, you know, basically an amateur and so on. Pretty much everybody down the road is a lot of amateurs. So people are saying, like, well, these guys write better races they have much better training because they're in first division teams and that shouldn't be allowed professionals like that shouldn't be allowed in the u23 level and blah, blah 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 blah. and i was thinking about it and then i realized i just don't give a shit it doesn't really matter to me it does not affect me i don't care they could change it after careful consideration or, yeah I, I really thought about it i was like <laughs> does this really affect me and i realized that it does not and i don't care if you look at like past u23 winners not many of them have amounted to much of anything. I mean, Fabio Duarte, right? In 2008, what did he do? Not much. Roman Sicard. He went on to buy a sweet car. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Roman Sicard, now he, he had like a flash there, here and there. Uh, Bling Matthews, meh. But probably the, out of all these, probably the most 
the most successful. Arno Demar, Alexi Lutsenko, he's amazing, but he doesn't win very often. Matej Mohoric, meh. Sven Weistrom, nothing. Kevin Lenoir, meh. Uh, whatever, the guy that won 16. Yeah, but I think I it know. shouldn't matter to you, but I see why it matters to them. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. Absolutely, I understand that. But there's, you know, I can really give you a list of probably a thousand things that don't matter to me that matter to other people. And if they don't matter to me, then they just don't matter in my reality. Hey, listen, I'm just looking at the finish list, at the finish thing or whatever for the U23 men's rows. Number 41 is a Colombian named Alvaro Jose Jodeg Chagui. Yeah. He's he's a stagiaire now with Quick Step. He's another he's another yeah. Gaviria type, and he's coming last... out of the same team that Gaviria is coming from. He's from the somewhere in the coast. Don't remember if oh, he's Barranquilla but, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But why is his last name Hodeg Chagui? What the hell is that? Where is that so, from? I don't know where his Chagui? family is from. He looks weird, though, because he doesn't look like he's not your typical tiny Colombian. The dude is, like, tall and, yeah, non-brown. Non non-brown. <laughs> non <laughs> hey, that's racist. Mike, where are you? You should have said that. Can, we, can you clarify, uh, since listeners don't know what you look like, uh, that your skin color is itself not white? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so that it's understood that, that I'm brown. I, My color skin is uh, brown. So I think that yeah. Natalia and I are non-white, and Mike is white, and Klaus is somewhere in the middle. I would say, right? Sure. Skin color wise. Yeah, skin color yeah. wise. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mike, did you watch the race, the 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 men's race? I I watched the highlights. <clears throat> Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I fell asleep during the highlights. <laughs> That's how good it was. That's how exciting it was. Yeah, the most he... exciting, I think, this uh, Rasmussen, I was following the, the race and then Rasmussen tweeted, man, the most exciting part of this race was when they lost the power and then we didn't know what happened between three kilometers yeah, to go yeah. and one kilometer to go. Because so that's yeah. the highlight of the race. That was the most exciting part just to see who was going to Especially out in the screen, dude, one kilometer to go. <laughs> Kirienka like had attacked, and I was like, "Yeah, Kirienka!" And then the the power goes out, and oh my god, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? And then when they came around the bend where you could actually see him, there was a guy in front, and I was like, "Yeah, Kirienka's gonna win!" And I have no idea who he was. It ended up being like an Austrian guy or something, and then they ended up catching him anyway. And oh god, now listen to this. Peter Sagan won, right? I'm not happy about that. I don't like that dude. But then everybody else in that group that came in with him that went for the sprint, I would I would have loved for any of those guys to win other than him. So there was 27 guys in that group. 26 of them I would have been fine with. Alexander Kristoff, no problem. Bling Matthews, sure, why not? Trentin, meh. Ben Swift, sure, whatever. Van Avermaet, I would have liked. Albacini, I would have liked. Gaviria, obviously, I would have liked. Lutsenko, amazing. He would have been U23 world champion and elite champion. Awesome. Kwiatkowski, second world championship. Awesome. Uh, Soren Anderson, I don't even know who he is. Good for him. That would have been awesome. Tony Galopan, eh, whatever. Stibar would have been amazing. Kirienka, amazing. 
Kuznetsov, I don't know. Good for him. I don't know who he is. Good for him. Philippe Gilbert. Basically, you're saying anyone but Sagan. Rui Costa. No, but specifically, though, Simon Geschke would have been awesome. Uh, Postelberger, the, the, the postman, that would have been great. Ilnor Sakharin would have been great. Tom Dumoulin would have been great. Daniel Martin would have been amazing. Daniel Martin in that course would have been awesome. He kept up with all these dudes. What? Oh, and Nikki Terpstra's in there, too. I would have fucking hated for him to win, too, so... The hell with him. But, you know, whatever. It's, it was just like, Gaviria ran out of gas. And you could see that sprint. If you look at the helicopter shot, you can see that there's very few guys with anything left. Most of the guys were just like, done with. Yeah, Gaviria just did not have legs. It was just incredible how he just kind of tried to launch it. And it was kind of sad. I have a question for you. After he won, when Sagan was giving the interview, he was, mm -hmm. of course, thanking his team for whatever. But then he also said, sent a thank you to his friends in the bunch. Like, oh, um, yeah. He he said, thank you to his friends, friends in the peloton. That still, I have a lot of friends. And I'm thinking, like, who the hell helped him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure tons of people helped him. I mean, if, if you're from okay. a smaller country, you know, and you have, like, two guys... And your friend, I, I think that, that happens in the World Championship a hell of a lot. I just think it's interesting that he said, I think it's karma that I won. Karma from what? What the hell has he done that is so good that he deserves three championships? I remember when I grabbed that girl's butt. That's I don't know, karma Bradley Wiggins said he's the savior of the sport. Mm. He grew a goatee. Cut his hair. <laughs> he cut Yeah. He, he cut his hair. He got the, and he got his the wife pregnant. Who knows? No, here's the thing, though, that he is, in a way, he, he kind of is, because he, he's a personality, and people really, really, really are drawn to him. People really, really, really like him. So I understand why somebody would say that. I don't know about savior. First of all, I don't think cycling needs saving, because it's been in the toilet forever. So nobody's going to save it. But... No, I think it's a good thing for the sport. I've said it before. I think Pedro Sagan is incredibly talented. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, I, I think I a just high hope, point... I just... Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I think a high point in terms of fandom and whatever in, you know, in, in cycling would have to be like the Lance Armstrong era. And I don't think it will ever, at least in the United States, I should say, and I don't think it's ever going to get close to that again. I don't see it. So that's how in the toilet it is. I was going to say um, about, oh, about the Armstrong era or whatever. Yeah, Bradley Wiggins had said, has said just a bunch of stupid things before or whatever, but in a way, I, 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 I definitely understand why he would say that. Like I said, he's a personality. He's, he's, in my world, he's polarizing. I don't think there's anybody else in the world that doesn't like him. Everybody else seems to rave about him or whatever. So, so ding, 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 I mean, ding. I think, you know, we've obviously talked before about <clears throat> our, you know, we don't necessarily love Sagan or whatever, um, not as a cyclist, more as a person, but... I think even if you put that aside, don't you think that world's courses are always just too predictable? I mean, it's going to be a sprinter or a fast person who can make it up a bunch of hills because they'll do the same climb up over and over again. Yeah, it's like least common denominator. Mm, yeah, I mean, like, I just... Like it's never going to be a mountaintop finish for the world. And why not? Not anymore. You know what no. I mean? Right, right. Especially, I would love to see something t 
to my knowledge, that has never happened. Imagine a mountain stage that from a Grand Tour, a crazy one, that's raced as a one-day race. What happens? I don't know. Yeah, and right. Certainly, that's like not the... what Flesh Alone is. That's not what all those classics, Liege, Basson, Liege, I mean, in the so Alps. Saying, yeah, something like the Alpes the d'Huez classic or the Tour Malay classic or something. Yeah, just put, uh, yeah, just like a, a queen stage of a Grand Tour. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they would say, well, we can't do it because you have to do the circuits and so we can get more odd people, whatever. But people show up if you finish at the Tourmalet. Sounds like what they did with the Lacourgues in the Tour de France with, this year. Yeah. yeah. The women. And they had the yeah. women race up the Isogde. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. That would be, I mean, even when the world championships were, when the world championships were held in Colombia, the course was mostly flat yeah and it had it was going to have one big climb then the uci looked at it and they made the climb much smaller because they don't want all the people to get dropped if they're going to do it over and over again but yeah yeah i have a question for you before you keep talking duitama because duitama has been resurfacing recently when they revealed the the course for innsbruck I don't know if that's how you yeah. pronounce the, yeah, I'm, the city. I'm two things, Natalia, that they have like going. crazy elevation accumulation. So they say, oh, that one's going to go for the climbers. Uh, so I don't knows? know if you guys agree with that or not. Duitama was the city that hosted the world championships in 96 in Colombia. That's what Natalia was referring to in case people didn't know what Duitama was. And um, yeah, Innsbruck, I'm planning on going. And I think I got the I think I think I got the wife already convinced to go to Innsbruck. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I um, mean, I guess there's probably a reason why it needs to be a circuit and all that. But yeah, climbers doesn't mean something like Box Hill over and over again, or even something steeper. It means lots of long climbs, and maybe we could get a different kind of rider. And I know Cadell Evans was not exactly a sprinter, but I just mean it favors a kind of one-day ride. It, it's a certain type, and I think Sagan's victories show that. That doesn't make him any less of a great cyclist. It just means like I would be more excited about watching the World Championships if it was a different type of race. Yeah, I mean, Cadell Evans, Alessandro Vallantor, Hushoff, Mark Cavendish, Philippe Gilbert, Rui Costa, Michal Kiatowski, and Pedro Sagan three times. That's, yeah, I mean, outside of maybe Cadell Evans, they're all either sprinters or just strong guys that win classics. <laughs> yeah, and I'll the weird thing for is, you guys. is that I love the classics, but it, this doesn't even feel like that. I don't know. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, one of the reasons that I love the classics, though, is because there's certain courses that I feel an attachment to as well. It's just more than that. As if they change, the, obviously, they change the world championship every year, so I have no attachment to. You know, but see, for example, say, say the world championships were partially in Roubaix, right? Then everyone would say, "Well, that's terrible." You know, a climber like Quintana can't make it. It's like, yeah, but it's not meant for you, right? Like Sagan has had courses. Uh, yeah, if it's um, if it has a bunch of climbing, maybe it's not for Mark Cavendish. Back when he was, you know, whatever. I know he won Milan San Remo, but it's like like the real sometimes like they had in the Olympics. Something yeah, like, like that. The Olympics, sometimes they, like... yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times with the Olympics, you're like, you know, three or four years ahead of time. You're like, oh, I think this course looks like for no, no. But I'm talking about the one in Rio, because that oh, was for me. Yeah, yeah. 
was like that yeah I don't know if that will like rule something like somebody like Sagan out of competition right there. Man, no, I just think think of a queen stage in a grand tour and just make it that. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, no, but back. I'm just thinking about like keeping it so you can have the laps so they can get whatever it is they get from having the the circuit. Well, Which, you can do from the, the expectating side. I I like circuits because you get to walk might, around and see the race some in different places you can do and it. stuff. Like okay. at the Vuelta, they did a thing where you went halfway up a mountain and then all the way up. Not yeah. all mountains have that ability, but, you know, there's something you can do. I just, ugh. Dude, I'm looking back at the over. at the winners even before that. Paolo Bettini, Tom Bonin, Oscar Freire, Astaloa, Cipollini, Freire. It's... They're all, yeah, I mean, they're all like, well, Alejandro Valverde did, was not in the podium this year. That's a bigger record than Sagan. I think that's a perfect profile of a rider that it suits. I know it suits for him to be in the podium and not win. But, yeah, and I mean, if you I, had told me yeah. that he'd been second, I would believe you. Um, I also misspoke. Uh, the Duitama World Championship was in 95, 95. Not, not 96. Yeah, 96 was Lugano. I'm, I'm, I'm going back, Lance Armstrong, Gianni Bugno. The first, like, climber, climber that I can say, all right, that guy, Gianni Bugno, that was sort of a climber, and Steven Rooks was definitely a climber, came in second, and Miguel Indurain came in third. That's in 1991 in Stuttgart. But And he wasn't really, he wasn't a he really, great, exactly. great climber. In 1987, Steven Roche and Moreno Argentine and Juan Fernandez from Spain were in the... So that's maybe a little bit of a climbing thing. Colorado Springs, Moreno, Argentine, Charlie Motet, and Giuseppe Saroni. So that that's there's probably some climbing there. And there's probably Springs altitude. 86. That probably contributed to it. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just... Yeah, Crique Leon and Freddie Martins, Francesco Moser. The guys that win, yeah, Eddie Merckx, Jim Mondi. Yeah, it's never... Yeah, you're right. It's never like a climber's thing, which is fine. Somebody like Nairo Quintana doesn't belong in a world championship. But why not? Because it just, I don't know, because that's the way that it is. Because they like it when sprinters wear the silly rainbow jersey. They don't Ah, dumb. I would love to see someone like Nairo or, you know, any climber that, like, for example, Chris Froome, who goes steady, 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 just empty the tank on a super long climb and just see what that looks like no i think it would be fun i think your idea of having like uh like a one day classic that is just a climb like yeah like maybe two or three climbs like a queen stage um would be awesome and i would rather almost see it in that than in a world championship but i don't know um you know Oh, I made a note about this. It's kind of like a sad note. And Klaus, I didn't know if you know this. Uh, Lucho Herrera, who is the first Colombian to win a stage in the Tour de France, of course. Probably, not probably, the reason that I got into cycling. And 1984 was when he won his first uh, Tour de France stage. He announced uh, a couple of days ago that he has skin cancer. Apparently it's... But I think he has that. He has been battling the skin cancer for at least four or six years now. So it's not that... He, he suddenly has a skin cancer. Is that he had it? I don't know if the thing resurfaced or whatever. But yeah, I, I remember the news about Lucho having a skin cancer like some years back. Um, 
so you apparently know, it, flare up again i don't know it makes me think of um uh brendan quirk uh who started competitive cyclist oh, has often spoken about a, his favorite cycling picture or one of his favorites or whatever and it's a picture that i think ran in a non-cycling publication like national geographic or something and it was the cafe de colombia team riding the train in france during a transfer and they have their legs up and their shorts are like creeping up and you realize how insanely like toasted their legs are like other people have tan but these guys it was like black paint it's insane yeah. and that's all i can think of is that i'm sure luchorera never wore sunblock yeah back then who did yeah yeah yeah. and they're like their legs were like those uh, crazy old ladies in florida that just all they do is tan so it looks like they're wearing like yeah no it looked like a masks. like um slim gym or something but that's been left out of the sun it was like just <laughs> wow yeah. hey there's another one for question Jack. slim gym question uh, for mike. mike mike what's the name of the uci president you cookson Pat McQuaid. No. What? He's not Cookson. Try again. The new guy. Uh, the new guy? The French guy. Yeah, yep. French guy. La Partiente. When did this happen? They elected uh, La Partiente in the, I think they do elections at Worlds. So oh, the guy Cookson won lost. by a landslide. Apparently he got like 30 something votes and Cookson only got eight. So Interesting. Uh, I'm just looking at cycling yeah. news right now. <laughs> Two-year deal at Lotto Sudal for Lawrence Nason. Three-time Peter... Three... What? The Three Peter special on some podcast. The minimum wage Did... increase. Worlds, blah, blah, blah. There's no mention of the fact Cookson, that... Cookson, that, that news came before before the world. So it was like Thursday or Friday when they held yeah. the... It was the day when there was no competition going on. So they have the time trials, the team time trials, the individual time trials, and then I think Wednesday was rest day. There was no competition, and that was where the like news broke in the morning of Thursday or Friday. I, I think the other news that I also have that uh, this is kind of why I'm down a little bit with pro cycling. You remember that we talked about how Tour del Café, that was a race that a private organizing group in Colombia w was trying to put together with the medalist sports and just to try to make it so they will people will race after san juan in yeah. colombia it was meant to be a 2.1 they had one for for men and uh, no i think it's san juan san luis didn't oh that's happen right san luis last year so yeah, san luis yeah. so so they were going to have one for guys and another one for women it was really cool and then the colombian federation pretty much blocked the proposal because they were not having a cut in terms of, of money, it was pretty well, clear that that's what the reason it. they made up a that's, bunch of a bullshit excuses for not yeah. like send it to the UCI, but whatever, because in Colombia, all the freaking races are organized by the Colombian Federation and they have to take control of everything, money, what have you. But anyway, and I think they are a bunch of crooks. So they blocked that one. Turns out that the Colombian Federation got the approval for them to be the organizers of a 2.1 around the same days that the Tour del Café people were proposing the race and going through pretty much the same departments, they you know, like pretty much the same states that they were going to. So these bastards, not only you know, like the, these guys, they talked to the local governments, they got the support, they whatever, and now the stupid Colombian Federation is, is gets to like rip it off. 
it is insane with the UCI approval. They have been raising, they have been organizing the Vuelta Colombia for the past, I don't remember how years, uh, as a 2.2, and they seldom follow the regulations dictated by the UCI so that things can be considered even at 2.2. How in the hell did they get the approval to do this 2.1? I mean, it's like, and what about the UCI? They knew the story of the Tour del Café. It's completely a rip of how the hell did they sign up for that? I'm like, Jesus, I will not be surprised if the stupid Colombian president, the president of the Colombian Federation, exchanged his vote for Cookson just to get the stupid approval for the race. I was so, I mean, like, oh, really? It's just like, it's wordless. I mean, uh, it's not even... Natalia, uh, if this makes you that sad, it's going to be a long, lonely life as a cycling fan. I think you know that. Yeah, no, no, no. That's But yeah. this is like my first reality shock in terms of like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> this oh, is just this so... Is so rotten it's not even oh but this wow is, it was like wow in my face the, like you have like these awesome. major people supporting this like oh my gosh yeah no it was i think i was just being a little bit of naive i think i had a little a little bit more of maybe too much credibility on the use yeah regarding these sort of like decisions but it's completely crook man i'm like what? by the way i yeah uh, speaking to very, very credible and knowledgeable people last time I was in Colombia, I heard the numbers that a certain person and some people at the Colombia Federation get for races, like they're cut under the table. And I think all of us, and I include all the listeners, and we may have uh, listeners that are very well off around the world, whatever business you're in, you're a sucker because you should be in a federation. <laughs> yeah, it, and the other news is that the Vuelta Colombia is out of the UCI calendar, so that means that they get to do whatever they want with it. So is that they finally you know, like nailed the coffin of the Vuelta a Colombia, which was also the other news that made me a little bit sad, because now they can get... They can have whatever number of jerseys, the number, the size of the teams are not going to be controlled. So you're going to have teams that have like, no, no, like 20 guys in. They are going to go crazy going, you know, like getting money from everybody just to, yeah, it's just going to be a freaking ripoff festival in terms of money. And then they pretty much ended something that it was very dear to me because I remember my dad getting super excited about the Vuelta and the story that the race has. So it's just, man, I really, really dislike the Colombian Cycling Federation. It's one of those that I, ah, no, wish no, no, they definitely. would just And them. you know, with the Vuelta Colombia, though, one of the things that they're going to do is the little doping test that they were doing, they're just going to do away with it. Nothing. Anyway. I mean, not, nothing not is going to happen. Would, yeah. Not that it would matter because, you know, we know, like us, we know that there was a lot, there's been a, in the last five years alone, there's been a lot of positive tests in the Vuelta Colombia and not a single one has been made public. Yeah. No, so, you like, remember the story of the Swiss guy that says like, oh, there is this, this, Colombian, cycli this Colombian cyclist that was just distributing pills, you know, like <laughs> giving pills out in a, during the Vuelta Colombia race. The, 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 one, of the one of the members of the Swiss national team that was racing there, he just made those comments and then the Colombian Federation actually like sent a letter asking him to retract those statements. 
because he made it to the to the some newspaper back in his place and then he was like yeah it was kind of weird like this dude was just you know like giving kind of like free samples <laughs> of pills oh my god so but he that's... said that and then the colombian federation demanded he retracted his comments and an, and so made an apology that's, for that that's the standard uh procedure for them because i've gotten that that i have oh, to you... retract things and i don't ride i don't raise a bike what Yes. My gosh! No True. way. With Juan Pablo Villegas, Juan Pablo Villegas oh, be sanctioned, of course, of course, for for that. So it's like yeah. the standard operating, uh, you know, procedure. procedure but but I, I think I mentioned this before. Like I think if you're taking pills during a race, like you're in the dark ages of doping. Yeah, which is, is kind yeah, of pills. funny. <laughs> oh, unless it's E. I mean, if you're drinking ecstasy, if you're taking ecstasy pills during a race, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, what are you doing? That would make that's cycling like more having a, like having a motor in your bike. It's like the, the, the guy that apparently a nickname of the guy that was giving out the pills was the pharmacist. That's how he's known in the Colombian bunch in the local. They, they oh yeah, the pharmacist because the guy just gives out. Hey, or whatever it is. what about yeah. what about Gianni Moscon being thrown out of the race? And I thought he had gotten thrown out of the race for making racist statements. And he didn't Again. make any racist statements, apparently, or Nikita Terpstra either. And I thought, dude, here you have every rider from pretty much every country that participates in cycling. You know how many racial epithets they could have just thrown around? They could have insulted everybody there. And they didn't, neither of them. Dude, I'm so disappointed. I figured that dude, we know you're racist. Who knows? That, that we, we know. know. But nobody's complained about it, which means they didn't do a very good job. So even if they did, they didn't I was so disappointed. I'm like, dude, if you're gonna be a racist, this is like Disneyland for racists. You have like Asians, Africans, Middle Easterners, South Americans, dude, every nationality, every color, and they just missed an opportunity like that? What idiots, man. The that funny part cool. about the Moscon story for me is that the guy got the toe of the car, that he got disqualified, of course, but then the person that was making all the apologies and blaming himself, I don't know oh. if it was the DS or the person driving the car, say, no, 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 it's all on me, it's all on me, it's my fault, I take full responsibility. And I'm sitting there just thinking, it's like, why are you taking responsibility? The guy has the choice of taking no. the toe or not. You know, like, no, why is your, like, it's funny. No, because you don't know this. The Italian Federation actually puts, like, CA glue, like, crazy glue, onto the bidon. So, basically, Moscone <laughs> was attached to it. This is, like, sticky <laughs> bottle times 10. He couldn't let go of it. It was actually the guy's fault. Absolutely. So. They set him up. That's the problem. They set him up. So, he would be disqualified. So, <laughs> you know, I think if you're an African cyclists looking to come up the ranks especially if you're a black or, or particularly if you're a black uh, african rider how do you think this bodes well like or what does this say to you in a sport that wants to be more uh global and international when this has when this no. happened to kevin reza now twice because it was also albacini albacini yeah uh well, I think that that says, hey, dude, come here to Europe and race, and we're going to treat you like you would be treated even if you weren't a cyclist. But by the way, Maybe most treat. Western oh, Europeans no, no, no. don't Let's... think very highly of Italians either. So, Mr. Oh, Tony no, absolutely. Especially Southern Italians. 
no, no, oh, no, but no, he's no. from the north. But, but nevertheless. Oh, is he? No, no, no. The, 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 yeah. the Italians in the north are okay because they're white. But here's the thing. Uh, if like what the thing that you pose, the idea of like if you're a black African um, writer, you know, making it up the ranks, do you really want to share the peloton with somebody that would call you horrible things like Moscon did? Well, of course you wouldn't. But at least you know that Team Sky suspended him for a couple of weeks. And he went to diversity training. So that's very important because he went oh, to Oh, I would training, love to know what that training is. Where they is. teach you. Do you think you it's an online course? You. Yeah, probably. And they teach you how to just keep your racist <laughs> comments inside as opposed to actually saying them out loud. That's Repeat what, after me. is yeah. not okay. You to have say, to keep pretending. Repeat I'm so after curious me. to know <laughs> what sensitivity uh, cultural training the team that didn't allow writers to speak a language other than English when two or more were gathered sends their writers to. I so want to Oh, know. no, 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 absolutely. Oh, I would, I would, I mean, listen, uh, you know, we've all worked at a place where the HR department had to go to like diversity training and whatever. And it's all BS. It's like, it's a video of like three guys. They're sitting around making jokes and they're like, that joke was not okay because Billy used a racial epithet that he should not have used. So you should blah, 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 blah. That's probably what he looked at, except he was in Italian. It was probably in English actually. And Moscon was like, I don't understand enough English to know. Yeah, what I'm sure. Cause saying. I had one about uh, what was and was not appropriate. And uh, as far as gifts from vendors, and it had an animated <laughs> gif of a guy in a in a what in a uh, like a sea do what is it like um what are those things called <laughs> a water ski thing or yeah. water everybody ski, calls and it just went across yeah. like it went across the screen i'm like and that's not appropriate i'm gonna take it no apparently not yeah so, so yeah i'm sure it was like Mos that i was just disappointed that moscon had the opportunity to be a racist and was disqualified for another thing if you're gonna get disqualified from worlds you know make it worth it for everybody you know like do a Sig Heil or like wear a Mussolini mask or something, you know, that would have been cool. But what are you going to do? Well, whatever. I bet you Screw nothing would happen. Yeah, I know. No, you know what would have happened? He would have apologized like he did. And, you know, I mean, when, when, when he apologized, Ressa was like, fine, whatever. Uh, apology accepted. Shook his hand. Do you think Ressa wants to make a bigger deal out of this? He's in a team where people within the team are probably racist, too. He's like, I'm glad I'm racing professionally. I don't want to make a big deal out of this. Whatever, dude. You apologize. You're an idiot. I, let's just move on. I mean, I understand yeah. why he did what he did. But I don't know. Whichever way. That's actually old news. What he did is old news. And let's forget about it. Just like we forget about everything that Peter said. But let's just not forget about Albacini. He's not off the hook. Let's never forget. No, that happened a few years after, before. Before, yeah. But the Albacini thing was a little bit different. But I, don't, I really don't want to get into that. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't really matter. So, what do we have to look forward to? Huh? October 7th? You uh, said Chavez nothing. Is gonna, well, no, I, October 7th, uh, Chavez is going to defend his title at Lombardia. Uh, a race that I think is way too late in the calendar because now I'm just done. But whatever. I'll try to watch that. Do uh, what Clary I do. Take Tour. a break after the Vuelta. Just completely? Just turn off? Yeah, and then you'll have just enough in you. Well, to yeah, but I mean, I took, a, I took a break after the Vuelta, and then I watched the Worlds, and now I'm going to watch Lombardia. And then uh, Paris Tour, which I'm not going to watch, is October 8th, and we'll be back with a new episode October 9th. Is that Monday. Oh, the Tour of Turkey is October 10th through the 15th, but 
I'm, oh, I'm sorry, the bad. presidential tour of Turkey. Yeah, but now is super late in the season. Is that still happening? Yeah, apparently, I don't know. I mean, I okay. I had heard that it got in like, uh, whatever you call that, canceled or whatever, but I guess it is happening again. I So mm. I'm still in the calendar, so I don't know. Well, either way, I'm not watching. Um, but then okay. after that, that's it. So basically, the season is over October 8th, because everything that happens after that is just a bunch of races that nobody really cares about. I'm okay, sure so we are like going the, to be back again. October 7th. I mean, October 9th, I'm sorry, after, yeah, Monday, October 9th. So okay. that's when we're going to be back. Put it on um, the calendar. Yes. So thank you to all of you that made it all the way to the end. We appreciate it as always. Speedmetalcycling.com is the place to be and the place to be with Run DMC. And we are out of here. Peace. <laughs> And let's not forget about Hans the Eagle. <laughs>